You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This week on Myopia Defend Your Childhood. Myopia Defend Your Childhood is so named because I believe we are short-sighted on the things we watched as kids. So every week we watch a movie that one of the panelists grew up watching and see if they hold up from comedy to cartoons or to action. And for this season, the last Thursday of each month, we're doing a TV show in our Myopia Morning segments. We watch Saturday morning cartoons and afternoon classics. So find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. How will you stand when we put your past on trial? Myofi Defender Childhood is a member of the ESO Network and produced by Dude Letter Podcasting. Hello and welcome again to the Monster Sci-Fi Show Podcast. I am your host, The Monster. Boy... This has been a very long week. Third podcast this week. One earlier on Tuesday was Ready Player One. Just the day after that, it was the sci-fi news from last week. And today being Friday the 13th, I am doing another podcast, but it's timely. So by the time I get this done, later tonight, with editing, all the music, all that fun stuff, It'll be out, but I'm doing this on my lunch, so I'm going to be a little pressed on time, but I still have, as always, my big three sci-fi news items that I will be talking about. So, the last podcast I mentioned I wanted to talk about Star Trek Discovery Season 2, so there is some big news, I will talk about that. I'll also talk about... The costume for the new Starfire, for the new Titans series. Oh, man. And lastly, I will be talking about whether or not, should we or should we not, have Meryl Streep replace Carrie Fisher as General Solo in the last Star Wars movie of this new trilogy should she be part of this so i will talk about that as well all right so last night i started to watch for star trek discovery there was a panel that was over at WonderCon, which is up in seattle i believe and this was out about uh late march so i'm just now getting to this but in that panel, they showed a deleted scene for season one in which it was, I guess, it doesn't really specify a time, but Georgiou is now on the loose, so to speak, and she's running a cabaret. Really? Fine. She's running a cabaret <laughs> because, you know, she was the empress of, you know, the alternate Mirror Mirror Universe. So she is approached by someone who attends, who looks like me, bald, and at least got that going for me. Uh, it's got spots. I got spots too, so bonus. But he's got markings like a trail, so not so much. Uh, but what's interesting is that he is talking to her. He is interested in recruiting her. 
to join him. And to what? Section 31. So if you are aware of Section 31, good on you if you don't. Section 31 is basically a secret organization within Starfleet that first appeared in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Dr. Bashir was pretty much their point of contact and it was an interesting subplot that made DS9 even better. So we've seen Section 31 before in the Star Trek Into Darkness movie, the very beginning of that. And there are, I think, at least a couple of books about Section 31 as well. So it kind of goes behind the scenes and kind of play around with Gene Roddenberry's Star Trek universe. Sure, humanity has risen past certain things that has tied us down in, in our mindset. I mean, we want to have an optimistic future. But this Section 31 basically is the, the side that wants to make sure that that optimism stays intact. So they would have to do things behind the scenes to make it all work, make it all pretty. So it's a very interesting undercoat or underlayer or something milling about in the background that you don't necessarily see, but you know without them, things don't necessarily work. That's amazing that that will maybe play into this new series for season two. Now, putting that aside, okay, the other big news, we got Anson Mount, who, if you had watched the Inhuman series, like I did, <laughs> and paid for it in the movie theaters for that first two episodes, he played Black Bolt, and never says a word. At one point, he does use sign language. But honestly, I didn't get past maybe the third episode. And I did do a review of those three episodes on a previous podcast, if you're interested. But long story short, it's god-awful. But when you compare Anson to Jeffrey Hunter, who was the original Captain Pike... Sure, we can talk about Bruce Greenwood from the movies, but it's not the exact same. That look that Anson has is perfect and is dead on, spot on, perfect. So, good on Star Trek Discovery for getting something to get me happy about. Okay. In addition, we also have Tig Nataro, who is a stand-up female comedian, who is going to be, I guess, a chief engineer on a... Another starship who's also going to be playing in here. I don't know the extent of her interaction with the crew of of Star Trek Discovery, but we'll see how this all plays out. So the big question then that remains, and if you listen to the previous Star Trek Discovery Season 1 podcast with my co-host Mr. Gene and Tony, is that are we going to get 
to see Spock. And Tony, I think, brought up saying that we may not get see we may not get to see Spock because he may be on a an away mission, or he may not have been there at that time when Star Trek Discovery meet up. Even though this may appear to be the first encounter that we will see of Captain Pike on the Enterprise meeting the crew of Discovery, it's not going to be the first encounter, at least with Burnham, has had. Because, again, the Star Trek Discovery book, Desperate Hours, by David Mack, does have a storyline in which the crew of Enterprise and the crew of the Shuzo have met and worked together on a mission. So they had interactions with each other. And Spock was part of that. So I want to say that he could be still there, but we'll see what happens from this point on. I'm curious to see who they would have as a new Spock. As much as I love our movie Spock, I'm okay if they get another actor. I think he may be fine for the role as a much older Spock. So we'll see what happens. All right. So the second thing, as I mentioned, is this costume, first look costume of Coriander, a.k.a. Starfire. So if you go to uh, at Post Titans, you'll see on Twitter this picture. And you'll see it actually in the... the the picture for this podcast it's in there and it's not what I thought it should be there were other pictures also part of the set which you had Beast Boy and you had Raven kind of in street clothes Beast Boy I'm actually kind of cool with because he does keep at least the green hair he does not have the green complexion but he is little, a little alien-looking, even though he is in civilian clothing. Raven, again, civilian clothing, but the hair and then the look overall looks pretty good. But with here, with uh, the actress, and I've never, uh, I don't know of her work, which is Anna Diop. It's, she's wearing a dress and she's wearing leggings underneath. So right off the bat, if this is the color scheme that they're going to put for a costume, it's the right color, but I don't see the dress and the leggings working in that sense. Now, as I was thinking this over, because it took me a while to kind of get over my, my knee-jerk reaction to this outfit, if Beast Boy and Raven are in civilian clothes, would it not stand to say that she's also, Starfire, also in civilian clothes? She just happens to have a purple dress and is wearing leggings. That could be it. So, putting that in context, alright, I had to take a breath. Because otherwise, I didn't want to think that this was her costume. Kind of like how he had Clark Kent in Smallville not really have a costume per se, but he would have the red jacket to be like the cape, the blue shirt underneath, 
like his Superman costume. So I don't want this to be heroes on the cheap. But honestly, it, it's the, the meeting of the reality of comic books don't necessarily meet the reality of a different medium. So you can have Storm with a mohawk and looking kick-ass and her, her costume being very scantily clad versus on the movie screen, you have to make it a little bit more practical. You can still keep the mohawk, but you need to make it more practical. So sometimes you have to make sacrifices when you have to make changes for for, diff- for reasons that we may not know until we see the whole thing in full context. So I'm taking a breather because, again, I love Titans. I love reading the Teen Titans when I grew up with George Perez and Marv Wolfman, uh, who redid the new Teen Titans back in the 80s. And yes, you had the new Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go! I grew past my hatred and, and grew to like it for what that is. Not necessarily my Titans. But because this series is being filmed, we are going to get that Titan series coming to the DC streaming service, which is supposedly scheduled for later this year. I don't know when, uh, when the streaming starts or when the series will begin, but it looks to be like what Star Trek Discovery did for CBS All Access. I'm sure they'll use that as a selling point because also we have Young Justice part of the mix. So that looks to be fine. I want to see it. I want to love it. I want to see Titans finally done right. The costume so far, not wowing me, but again, you have to put it in the context of she just could be walking down the street in civilian clothing, and that's it. So let's not get our uh, panties up in a bunch. Just go dig up there and Take a tug down. Bring it all down. It'll be fine. If and when when we watch it, and it sucks, that's a whole other thing. I'll be the first to be jumping on that bandwagon. If not, I'm driving that damn bus. So, moving on. So the last part here is going to be talking about should we or should we not taking consideration of what are we going to do with Princess Leia or General Solo I should say well obviously it's not in your hands it's not in my hands but as fans as long as we are fans I feel we have the right to talk about this and to analyze this And yes, we can vent, we can bitch, we can moan. But, what is the rationale behind this? Meryl Streep, obviously a fantastic actress, without a doubt. Is Star Wars something that is going to be, you know, her thing? She's never done science fiction, ever. Not that I know of. However, 
because Meryl Streep was in Postcards from the Edge, if you've never seen that, well, that's a book based on Carrie Fisher and what she wrote. So, in essence, Meryl Streep did play Carrie Fisher as herself in uh, in a role in Postcards from the Edge. Okay? So, you have that. You do see them together. They have taken pictures. Now, the obvious difference here is that, of course, you're going to get the height difference. Meryl's definitely a lot taller than Carrie Fisher. When you put that aside, do you honestly think that replacing an actor is going to make the difference? When Dumbledore, the actor who played him first, passed away, we got another another replacement. The series continued. I think because at this point, since Star Wars has kind of either killed off or made people fade out in the distance, that you don't rely on the old characters. You have to move on. As the last Star Wars uh, movie, The Last Jedi, The Last Jedi, The Last Movie, the, st- the Last Jedi said, it's time to move on. So, I think the whole point here is that if you're going to have Carrie Fisher or have General Solo be represented once more, make it count. I talked about the fake, the deep fake app to make someone's face replace over another actor. That's one uh, aspect that you can do this easily. Better than the digital copy that you made for Rogue One. Although, although the Grand Moff Tarkin was fantastic, um, as long as you kind of kept him back, a little bit of a shadow, but perfect. But the deep fake is one step above all that. So, you have that as an option. You can go the full CGI and do the mo caption. That's another option. If you do, if you reduce this character to an off-screen death, you are going to be doing a disservice to all of us who have grown up with this series and who have loved this series. Granted, it's not the perfect scenario, but it's a cop-out. So... You have to put her on the screen. You have to make it count for something. I don't want to see someone else playing General Solo. But if you have to, you're just going to have to make this count. We're all going to have to bite down the bullet hard and just push through this. We all can't get to the end of the finish line. We can only carry the torch we'll get past that torch and we'll carry it to the finish line for them so I will stand because again it's not like I have any voice or any opinion that's going to matter to anyone over in uh, Disney or to uh, Kathleen Kennedy or J.J. Abrams but I'm going to trust that they will do the right thing for us so you can debate that yourself let me know if I'm right let me know if you're wrong (laughs) you <laughs>
notice I didn't say how you were right. But in any case, you get the point. So I'm going to be ending the podcast right now because now it is time for me to go get some damn lunch. I am really freaking hungry now. So with that note, remember, you can always email me at monstersci-fi-show at gmail.com. You can follow me on the various social networks. I mean, I got some good pictures on Instagram. You can also follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter. Again, I'm everywhere. Thank you for listening to me and to the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Good night. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. <laughs>